You're listening to the Lead 'em Up Podcast, powered by Chick-fil-A. Welcome back to the Lead 'em Up Podcast. As always, I am Kyle here with our founder, Adam Bradley. And today we are here to discuss ways that we can build and maintain trust on our teams. And really, when we look at this, trust is something that either makes or breaks a team. And we all know that talent alone isn't going to get you through a season. And when you look at all the other components that will, trust is one of the top things that continuously shows up because without it, you can't really develop anything else. So, Adam, I think where we need to start with this is with anything on any team is the role of communication and the role that being a good communicator plays in building a level of trust. And for me, I know when I think back to my experience growing up and playing sports and who I've been on teams with as an adult, I always find myself now when reflecting back on it, just innately trust the person more when they can communicate well and clearly. Do you find yourself leaning more towards that? Do you just automatically have a sense of trust at a deeper level with people who are good communicators? That's an interesting question. Um, I'd say yes and no, actually. <laughs> okay. But but more yes, more yes. There There is a part sometimes people are really good communicators like, wow, can I trust this guy? Right? <laughs> They're pretty sharp. Like, too good pretty, to be true. They're pretty smooth here, like almost like a salesman type, right? But in general, not only does it need to be, when you ask the question, good communicator, I think there's two ways to look at this. Like there's a good communicator just by nature of just your skill as a communicator. And then there's the goodness of the communicator. Right. The goodness. That is where I lean into. That is when trust when I say goodness, there's a communication that seems to be fueled from a spirit of integrity. There's a communication that is fueled from a spirit of genuineness, authenticness, humility. When I sense that through someone's communication, oh my goodness, I'm leaning in. I'm right. leaning in. And, and that's where it's, it's tough, right? Because you, you have to kind of evaluate that. And, and by the way, Kyle, this topic so timely and it's so timely because two reasons. One, it's very difficult to kind of figure this out. So as coaches continue to explore what it takes to win and things like that, they recognize the value and the need for this, but they also recognize how hard it is. Like, how do you truly build that trust and maintain that trust? So I think there's a lot of coaches out there trying to continue to improve in this area. And secondly, I mean, even if you look at it from a, a more macro level, I mean, I think in post-pandemic, post-COVID era, in light of just so much questioning of going around. Absolutely. And uncertainty and who to believe and who not to believe, who's really looking out for me and who's not looking out for me. And that... I think there's people trying to really lean into this because they know it's now more important than ever to get it right. And, you know, I'll give an example. This past week I was leading a, um, 
panel in the forum uh, at an, an event down at Towson University, which I've kind of mentioned that I teach some classes at Towson University and their leadership institute. We had a forum and it, it was completely sold out, Kyle. 150 people, we reached our max. It was, the title was um, Attracting and Retaining Talent in Today's Workforce. Attracting and Retaining Talent in Today's Workforce. There was a presentation in the beginning uh, from a woman named Erin Moran, who's the executive director of the Leadership Institute at Towson. She also was the chief culture officer at Union Square Hospitality Group, which used to be of, uh, not used to be, is the parent company of Shake Shack, as well as other brands. She did a presentation in the beginning, then I had a chance to lead a panel discussion with four CEO, uh, high-level business leaders from four different organizations. Here's what one panelist said, which I thought was really interesting. He said, I don't think this room is sold out five years ago. Interesting. Yeah. He said, he said, I don't think this room is sold out five years ago. I don't think this topic of uh, attracting and retaining talent is so, you know, front of mind for people that, that this would sell out on a Thursday morning, eight o'clock in the morning. But things have changed. We've realized how important it is. I say that to say this. The core theme throughout that entire morning is trying to create an environment where individuals can trust. They can trust the leader. They feel mm -hmm. like they're part of it. There's this health and vibrancy within the culture where people feel like they matter and they, they play a role and you know their voice is appreciated. But I can't tell you how many times the term trust just kept getting brought up. Yeah. Having to create that culture of trust. Um, and and on flip side, how damaging it is when you get it wrong. And oh, why, you know, yeah. in the workplace, people want to leave and things like that because they don't, you know, they don't say they leave jobs, they leave managers. Okay. Right. You know, our kids don't get they don't get upset because they hate basketball. They get upset oftentimes because they get frustrated with coaches. Mm -hmm. Things like that, right? It, oh right. man, we've got to get this right. It's so important. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think we do a good job of that we're really intentional about within our curriculum is, is teaching and recognizing that communication and trust is a two-way street and getting our athletes to realize that. So, you know, along with being the person who is a good communicator, you also have to be the person that is able to receive the feedback and the goodness in a good way and not take it personal. I think that's the big thing that needs to be intentionally taught, whether it's an athlete or if we're looking at the corporate world, younger people that are getting into that market of realizing that correction doesn't just mean, you know, that you're wrong. Sometimes it's, it's letting you know that someone cares about your work or sees that you could do good, but it, it, you don't have to take it personally. And I think that in order to be trusted as that player, or as that person that you have to be able to receive it well, because then, as you know, when we're teaching followership, you then give life back to the leader. You're leading that leader up. And, you know, I think that's an essential component as well as we're building out how trust looks and works on a team. Yeah. I mean, trust lives on a two-way street without a doubt. It requires both parties to, to show up consistently or what I reference oftentimes is to demonstrate consistent character and integrity. 
Okay. We often say, you know, lack of consistency is one of your greatest threats to your credibility as a leader, but you could switch out the word leader and, and add trust in there. You know, lack of consistency is one of your greatest threats uh, to your credibility as a trustful leader. And, and the trust is so important. I mean, Kyle, this is why I know in my personal life, when I work with teams and coaches, it, it, there's, it's a very common sequence of um, uh, direction here. When I work with teams, especially year one, they will, they will oftentimes fill me in on the team, fill me in on the team dynamics. They will bring me up to speed on the personalities of the team. They will oftentimes give me things to look out for and keep an eye on. They'll, they'll share instances of things and behaviors that have taken place in between the weeks when I'm not there. And, and they do all that because one, they want me to play a role in helping shift the behavior. Obviously, leadership coach really playing a big role in the culture. They, they obviously want me to help shift and move behaviors in a certain way. But here's what I almost always tell them. I always tell them that they're not going to get any direct kind of coaching or any direct engagement until at least the third or fourth session. Because I haven't built the trust. Right. Point blank. I haven't built the trust. Coaches will tell me things. And I remember this past summer. Oh, my goodness. We had a quarterback, right, with one of the teams that coaches say, you know, like this person's really important to our team, both on the field and then just influentially uh, keep an eye. But, you know, there's some inconsistencies and things like that. And I'll never forget first session. Right. Oh, my gosh. Body language posturing, all of that was horrendous from this young man. Horrendous. And, you know, you can't go up to him right then and address it. No, I don't have to trust. I haven't built any trust. So for me, I see that. And, and I usually ask who the power people are on the team, right? Cause especially football, it's hard to get like to build trust with all 60, you know, if there's like that many players, so like, I've really got to start kind of at the power people per se. It's like, who are these key individuals? Mm-hmm. Man, I walk away from that day. My sole focus over the next month, build trust. Build trust. Yeah, It's that important. Now, I'll share in a little bit, you know, how I go about doing that for me personally, my own personal perspective. Um, but it's the starting point. In starting points, you could also say are found. It's the foundation. The trust has to be there. Everything else falls in line after the trust has been established and, and been built. Yeah, I think then the key factor after that, once you have that trust built, is you can't be a roller coaster. Um, whether that's coming from you as the coach, you know, as the quote unquote leader of the team, or if you're looking at from the player's perspective of being a great teammate, is you need to then be consistent in your approach and how you do everything. Every day, you need to give full effort. You need to give full attention. And, you know, it's kind of one of the, it goes back to one of those sayings is it's climbing up a ladder. You know, it, it takes maybe several steps to get to that top. And you're thinking of it as being a ladder of trust, but it only takes one step to fall all the way back down. And I think it's really important for all of us to be just aware of that, of trying not to be 
that roller coaster that's really unpredictable. Sure, we're going to have a little ups and downs, peaks and valleys, but the best are kind of staying on that upward plane and trajectory there. And I think it's important for us to realize that as once you have the level of trust, then that consistency needs to follow there. Yeah, well said. I mean, I love that ladder uh, metaphor there, right? It takes you a while to climb it, but you know, you can lose it instantly. And you know, I always, when you look at it through that, that lens, it heightens your, your intentionality to show up a certain way. When you know that like one mishap or one mistake has potential to ruin everything. I can't tell you how much that lives in my mind in life, just in, in life in general. I mean, about walking the straight and narrow and engaging in behavior that's not going to jeopardize anything like that. One, I don't want to engage in behavior like that, but also recognize if I do, all it takes is one mishap to like ruin all the credibility, right? Mm -hmm. To ruin so much. So, you know, I think about, you know, from my personal, I'll I'll just share a call if you don't mind, like how I, I, my exact approach to building trust with the athletes I work with, it really comes down to three things for me. It's for me about character, consistency, and connecting. It, It really captures what I lean into to build this connection, right? Character, consistency, and connection. One, I need to make sure above all that I maintain this high level of character and integrity. And it's got to be shown in all aspects of my life. It's got to be prevalent. I want to make it clear that this is how I live. This is who I am. And and there needs to be some credibility then attached to that. And and it would be, right? Because when you live that way, I want to make sure that people know this is the character. This is who I am. And, and, and this is me. Secondly, it needs to build on the consistency. So one, with these athletes I work with, I want to make sure that they know that this character conversation and this leadership conversation is not some act. It's not some show. This is who I am. So part of the way that makes it, this is who I am is to be that way with everyone I'm in touch with. So if there's a player that then has a conversation with another player and like, what do you think about coach Bradley? Right. Oh man. Coach Bradley's the real deal. Right. Oh, cause, cause he may reference a story from the previous year, or they may go ask the coach and the coach, every interaction I've had with the coach, they say the same story, his characters. Oh man, he's a great guy. He's so good. Right. Character is my first part. That's going to go so far. Secondly, it's got to be consistent. So if I'm working with the team and I know I'm going to be together with them every week for the next four weeks, I need to be consistent. I want them to know this is who I am. This is not just what you got week one. This is who I am day in and day out. Every single time you see me on social, every single time you see me here, there's got to be a consistency. I want them to be able to count on me and know what they will get from me, right? That I am who I say I am, and I will do what I say I will do. Period. Period. Lastly, connect. So right out of the gate, I'm going to start trying to connect. And I'm going to do it in a slow ramp. I'm not going to like try to be best friends with them on day one. I'm going to find a good incremental increase over the next couple of weeks to slowly keep building. It's going to start with touch the- points, right? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a built upon touch points. I mean, essentially living out the going for the goal. And it's going to start yeah. with me at the end of that session. One, at the beginning of my first session, I'm going to touch point with each and every person because you want to connect before you lead. Yep. But that's that's quick. There's nothing in depth there. So it's just, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? You good? You ready to go? Hey, great session. I'm ready for a great session. 
But then afterwards, it's going to be a quick three, four minute conversation. Hey, 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 come over here for a sec. Man, dude, I've heard so much about you. Man, I'm so excited to connect with you. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you this year. Man, hey, fill me in a little bit. Like, so this is what, your second year, right? Yeah, man. And I heard some colleges are looking. Oh, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Right? We're just going to chit chat. We're just going to chit chat. Then I'm going to say, man, hey, I'm going to have to follow you on social. I'm going to have to follow you on, on the gram, you know, just to, just so we can keep connecting. Oh, yeah, but wait, what's your Instagram? All right, perfect. All right, man. Boom, 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 boom. That's all I want day one. Not going to try to go too fast. Just going to keep it real cool, real casual. But I'm going to get a little bit deeper and I'm going to get that follow, that connection goes a long way, right? Then all of a sudden you begin to notice they're watching your stories. You're watching yeah. their stories. Mm -hmm. They may like an occasional story. All right, they're getting a glimpse into my character. They're getting a glimpse into my consistency, right? Those little likes and occasion are, are building and fueling some connections. I'm going right. to genuinely, you know, follow them and, and look at certain things. I'm going to chime in at various points on their things. Oh, bro, man, that's awesome. What a great opportunity. So good, man. You know, maybe in my interactions with coach, I, I'll ask during the week, hey, how's so-and-so going? How, how'd they do this week? Oh, great practice. Perfect. I'm going to go to that person's message. I'm going to send them. Hey, man, dude, I was just talking to coach earlier today. He said, you've been killing it the last two or three days, man. Great job. Great job, man. You keep that going on, man. Good things. This year is going to be special slowly. Then next visit, a little bit more of a rapport, right? And just keep incrementally. And then by third or fourth week, I'm now ready to start leading. I'm ready to start being like, bro, Hey, can we talk after the session? Right. right. Start getting in a little more sugar salt dynamics. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think it's so much of the coaches for us to take from that is meeting the kids where they're at. Number one is, is where you start that foundation of trust. And I think I always encourage coaches is to be very active on social and put it out there because to your point is that's where they then begin to trust you and see the consistency in your daily life and your approach. I think just seeing you in a different setting away from where they're at with them as a team, they see you maybe at home or with a different group carries a lot of weight where that trust is then built. So a lot of power in that. Dude, I'm so, I'm so glad you bring that up. Coaches that aren't on social, you're missing an opportunity. You're missing an opportunity to fuel, build and maintain trust at a greater level uh, with your players. I'm so glad you emphasize that as a follow-up to, to that, Kyle, because I, I will say one of the biggest things for me I, I, I want and need out of the gate with my players is for them to follow me on social. And it is not because I'm trying to get my followers up, right? Trust me. It, <laughs> not it, trying it, to get that 10K rep? Not, no, trust me, <laughs> not at all. Like, and, and it's not because I need a 16-year-old to follow me. I'm not, listen, no. I'm not that insecure in the sense where I need these kids following me on social. I do it because the points we just made, I want them to see the character. I want them to see the consistency of who I am. And I want to have them be able to connect greater with who I am. And I can't tell you how powerful this has been when, when I'm working with other teams and doing other things, right? Man, it's a talking point when I go into the next session. When I'm traveling, I go into the next session. They're like, coach, man, you're all over the place, man. Like, where are you at? Where are you, where are you going to next? 
it literally is fueling, fueling our connection, right? It's fueling our connection. It keeps me front of mind for them on a daily basis. And all of that, if you are consistent with high character, oh my gosh, it's going to fuel trust. They're going to trust. Right. They're going to see other kids. And it is so critical. One of the things I wanted to follow up with on that, because I think this is really important where we as adults can maybe sidestep this a little bit. And it's definitely something that's easy for kids to is be the person of integrity and character, be who you say you are, even if it's going to ruffle some feathers. Because I think that, you know, right is right, wrong is wrong. And we're presented with so many different things in our culture today, especially for the kids that we're working with is that in order to build that trust, I think we got to be willing, not in just seeking or intentionally trying to ruffle feathers, but when we know what's the right thing to do is to do it, even if we know it's going to make some people upset. And that has to fall in line with our character and who we say we're going to be. Because if you don't, just in order to save someone else's feelings, the byproduct of that is, you're losing a little bit of trust maybe with others, but I think internally what's more dangerous is you're losing trust with yourself on who you are because someone isn't going to maybe like what you do because of who you are. Well, that's not for them. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with doing the right thing and being a person of integrity because someone else is watching and, and looking maybe sometimes and saying, well, there's a moment where they didn't follow through with that. How can I trust them? So we have to be willing to be who we are, even if it's going to ruffle some people's feathers. And you got to realize that maybe those people aren't for you and they're not for your team. Good call out. Good call out, Kyle. Hey, this is Josh from Chick-fil-A and author of the Adulting 101 book series. And this is today's leadership nugget. Communicate praise in public and critique in private. When praising someone on your team, it is oftentimes best to do that in the presence of others and acknowledge specifically why you are praising the person beyond simply a good job. But when feedback needs to take place, always do that in a private setting. Communicating frustration or criticism in front of others is a quick way to alienate the person you're trying to help. Now let's jump back into the episode. Yeah, I've thrown this out there a long time. Many, I don't think I've done it on the Lead Em Up podcast. I talked a lot about it on the, the Hardwood Hustle back in the day. You know, I think one way to truly tell someone is genuine and authentic, which then in turn fuels trust, right? Someone right. who's truly genuine, authentic, you can trust them, right? Is here's a grading scale for you. It's when people who know you a lot, look and view you in the same light as people who know you a little. Yeah. Meaning like, so let's say I go and I work with teams and I don't know these teams that well, I'm going in just doing a couple sessions and they view me as like, Oh man, Adam, high character, great energy, positive, all whatever the traits are. Is, is, is that how I'm also viewed by people who know me greater? Yeah. Do they also view me in that same way? Is there this consistency, this genuine, this authentic nature that like Adam is the same over here as he is over there? It's not a show. It's not something he turns on when he steps in front of the team, 
right? But then turns it off and becomes this other person that's cursing, that's that's getting all, you know, partying all weekend and things like that. And then comes back over and we flip flop between the two, right? Do the people that know you a lot look and view you the same as the people who know you a little and vice versa? When that begins to align, man, your genuine, your, your authenticness and true genuine nature, I think is, is really elevated. And, and I really then believe you are who you fully claim to be. You know, I, you know, I've had conversations with like, let's take the cursing conversation, the foul language. You know, I've had conversations with coaches about that topic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Over the years. Right. Yeah. One of your classic hardwood hustle uh, episodes there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the angles is, you know, when people like they, you know, they'll say like, okay, I don't curse in this situation, but in this situation I will. And with the, this group, I won't. And with this group, I will. And if I get around the kids and I stop, but then I'll do it with my friends. And then when I'm around my kids, I don't. Right. But then when I'm around my buddies, I do. And like, you know, makes sense. Right. You know, you could say that's a sign of maturity to kind of filter it out in certain settings. But I think it does like just kind of give a glimpse into what I'm alluding to. Not not fully, but gives a glimpse into like, so which one are you? Who are you truly? Yeah. What's the deeper level there? Like, like I see all these switching depending on groups and depending on circumstances and the environments you're in. And like you, you play into one group of people and then you play into another group of people and then you play into another and you, you're constantly morphing ever so slightly to kind of adjust to each group. And some would say, you know, that's emotionally intelligent, you know, the way you're kind of able to adapt. I, I would say, you know, what's even greater is to be able to stay consistent throughout the process and still adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. To stay kind of consistent with who you are and like to be able to like get people to say, no, like, man, I, I, I like him. I, I'm a big fan of him. And like, no, that no, dude, that's how listen, that's who he is. That's what you're getting. I've seen it. I've, I've seen he's been around us and we've gone down a temptation path on a Friday night. He didn't go. He didn't go. Right. right? I've seen it with the kids. He made that man. That's who he is. That's who he is. I think that is what really fuels our ability to build and maintain trust, that consistent character and integrity to allow our players to know we are who we say we are and we will do what we say we will do. And it is matched with consistent behavior to your point, Kyle, knowing that one mishap, one offshoot could jeopardize everything. Like I take my favorite football coach of all time, Joe Gibbs. Deservedly so, given your market. Yeah, I love Joe Gibbs, right? But Joe Gibbs also, like, you know, we we share in connection to our faith, you know, so there was always a connection there. I remember hearing him at a church when I was a kid, and obviously growing up here, rooting for the D.C. football team. Um, he's my guy. I firmly believe and would, like, trust him when I listen to him in interviews and such. Well, part of that is because every interview I've ever heard about him from any player, front office, fan, et cetera, all say the same thing. They all speak about his character, his consistency, the fact that he doesn't curse, right? Like his, like just his pureness and whole, wholesomeness, but still able to produce results and win. Everything, all of it would be completely undermined 
if only one interview told a different story. Yeah. I think of Tony Dungy. He's been that guy for me. Even before, you know, I moved to the Tampa region being, you know, in St. Louis, I would read everything that he put out, go to, you know, a couple of the, you know, all pro dad events and had, had a chance to see him in person, but everything I've ever read about him or the players that will talk about playing for him, coaches coaching with him speaks very similar to, to what you're talking about with coach Gibbs. And, you know, we can model ourselves after two of those type of leaders, then, you know, we're doing something right there for sure. And and just think about it. Right. Once again, you agree. Like if you heard an interview from a player that was like, that told a different story one time, one time, that's all it takes one time. They're on a podcast. They're like, Oh, you know, that's former player. What do you think about Tony? Oh, you want to know how I think, let me tell you about the real Tony Dungy behind the scenes, (laughs) this and that he just goes on this. You'd be like, wow. Everything I thought I knew to be true is not right. And, and it's, it's crazy that there's connection in the language between true and trust T R U. Okay. And that connection in the language really speaks to the, right. They're married in the sense that the trust will, will derive from believing what you're saying is true believing what the coach is doing is true, true to them, true to the goodness, all of that, right? There's this connection between trust and truth and man, right? Oh my gosh, it can be disrupted so quickly. So I think that's a challenge for players or coaches to really recognize it's hard to build it, quick to lose it, really requires this consistent character. But if you can get it right, Man, what you're able to get from the players. It's it's the response you get if you listen to all the players that going back to Coach Gibbs, every player, time and time and time again, verbalizing similar thought processes. I would run through a brick wall for him. I would do anything for him. I trust him. It's powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's needed. And and for us as coaches, our goal. Is, and in players, that as we teach them that through our model and through our example is we always want to be in the category of people who are trusted the most. And I think if we can live these things out, high character, have consistency and, and building that connection, then we're doing our job. But we have to remember that without those three things, as, as you kind of laid out for us here, then, then the trust isn't going to be there and we're not going to be able to achieve our goal. So Coaches, we hope this conversation today has brought value to you and how you maybe approach your season and your team. And we would love to hear your feedback, your takeaways. What are some things that you do developing and building trust that works well? And who are some of the best examples that you've seen that that you've maybe modeled your practices after? Shout that out. Um, Share that with us on social. Let's keep this conversation going. And Adam, appreciate your insight today. Enjoyed this topic here on uh, building trust and coaches. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you listening. And for Adam, I'm Kyle. Have fun and lead them up.